Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. The devil uses sin to answer a legitimate need of the body. Remember, someone that is drunk or let's they say a drunkard does not drink because he is thirsty. He drinks because he is empty. He's trying to fill a void. He's trying to fill a hole. All sin is based in, in a legitimate need. Legitimate need. A man goes out with a woman, women go out with a man. That is a legitimate, legitimate need, a desire for uh, gratification, fleshly gratification. But God said, do that in the confines of marriage. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. Let's go now to 2 Timothy. Go to 2 Timothy. We're going to start here this morning, 2 Timothy. And we're going to continue in the series, uh, A Vessel of Honor. Vessels of Honor. Meat for the master's use. Remember the word meat there in 2 Timothy, the second chapter, M-E-E-T, means easy to be used or ready to be used. Amen? Amen. All right, let's look at it. 2 Timothy 2. Are y'all ready to go with me today? We'll read this and then pray and then go on. 2 Timothy 2, uh, verse 19 through 21. 2 Timothy 2, verse 19 through 21. And it reads, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Depart from iniquity. Verse 20, 20, uh, but in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some of honor, rather than some to honor, and some to dishonor. Verse 21, if a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Help me pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this time. Lord, we just ask that you would speak expressly by your spirit. We are desperate for you. We are desperate for you. Feed us, Father. Uh, give us wisdom and uh, let your word just fall down today in such a way that everyone who hears will understand. Have your way in this place. Say what it is that you desire to say. In Jesus' name, let your heart say amen. amen. I want you to see a few things. Now, notice here in 2 Timothy, the second chapter, verse 19. Now, we only have a few moments to be here today, so I pray that you listen quickly. All right? Amen. Notice what it says here in verse 19. The Lord knoweth them that are his. Uh-huh. It says, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ, that is everyone that says that I am saved, I belong to Jesus. You name the name of Christ. It says, depart or go away from, depart from iniquity. Now, we've been talking about iniquity for quite a while, right? We're going to define it once again today. Make it nice and fresh in your hearing. But we said that iniquity is not just sin. 
Iniquity is that hidden desire of the heart that eventually produces the sin. If we had, if I had a row of dominoes here, stacked all nice, anybody play with dominoes before? Okay, stacked all nice and neat. And if I hit that first one, that first one causes a chain reaction, which causes the last one to fall. Isn't that right? The first one is the iniquity. We can call that first domino iniquity. That last domino that actually falls and hits the ground, we call that sin. Hear me. Iniquity starts it. Sin is a result of it. Iniquity starts it, starts a chain reaction. Sin is a result of it. Okay, I want you to hear some things. Notice that the Bible does not say depart from sin here in 2 Timothy to be a vessel of honor. Doesn't say depart from sin because that's an incomplete picture. That's like, again, that's someone saying, all right, well, I don't want this thing in my life and I'm going to pull down all the fruit, just like your life if it were a tree. Right. And the things that grow off your tree, the fruit that grows off your tree, let's say uh, it was sin. Matter of fact, let me draw it for you. How about that? Let me get the brothers, please, to help me to move our chalkboard and put it up here, right here, so that I can be a wonderful artist today and make my and let you all know that I am Picasso Jr. Maybe not, but I can draw a, a mean stick person. Let me tell you that now. All right, we're gonna, I'm going to show you some things in the Word of God today. We're going to make some illustrations as these strong men move this board. And they're going to put it right there in the name of the Lord. Look at them moving. Yes, if you need, if you need furniture moved, just let them know. Look at them, pick it up. Uh, they're really doing a great job, aren't they? All right. They're getting it together. Thank you so much, men. Uh, let's give them a hand. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's draw ourselves a tree. I heard you, brother. I heard you. Let's draw ourselves a tree. How about that? Isn't that a nice tree? See, it wasn't so bad. Is let's let's give ourselves some ground here. That's the ground, right? Let's even put ourselves a bird or two. How about that? Cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. Right? That is a representation of a tree. You got a couple of thumbs up there. Praise the Lord. All right. In Scripture, uh, many times. Uh, there was one particular occasion that the Lord Jesus um, was healing a blind man and he touched him and he said, what do you see? The man said, well, I see men as trees. He touched him again and the man could see very clearly. Well, that wasn't so very far off because even the father tells us in many occasions, he says that he wants us to bear fruit unto righteousness. OK, I wanted to show you this. Let me make these little branches go up here. All right. On this side, we say that um, let's say that's a stem and here's some sort of fruit. Here's another side here and here's some sort of fruit. When that fruit gets ripened, what happens to it when it ripens? There you go. It falls off the tree and there it is. And it goes 
splat, okay? This is what we call S-I-N, okay? That's sin right there. When it flats, when it hits the ground in your life, you did it. You done it. But sin didn't just start there. It started here in the iniquity. We call it iniquity. Uh, all right. I know y'all praying for me to spell it right. Don't worry. Q U what? I T Y. There we go. See? We're not too off. All right. Iniquity. Okay, here again, iniquity is that, uh, we say it is that desire. Really, desire of the heart. Okay, we can really say, really, the evil. The evil desire of the heart, right? Okay, all right, we got that picture? God says here in 2 Timothy, depart from iniquity, not depart from sin. In other words, deal with the iniquity. When you deal with the iniquity, you won't have the sin. You understand that? If you cut this off, if you cut the desire off, see, the branch is feeding the fruit, right? Yeah. It's feeding the fruit. You get an apple, it's not, apples don't start off big, right? We know they start small and then they grow, right? The tree feeds it. The tree feeds it and it grows big and big and big. And then eventually it's too, too heavy for the branch and it... And it falls. Same thing with iniquity. We can feed this. We can feed lust. We can feed these other desires. We can feed them. And eventually they ripen and fall off. Here's what we do typically when the Bible says confess your sins. Let's let's we're going to hold that just for a second. Let's go to first John. I want everybody to go with me. First John. First John, we're going to learn about this iniquity because understand something. Sin is the cause of everything or is the result of everything bad. We, we're going to go back into the Garden of Eden and all that stuff. How many of you can say that because of wrong things you've done? Or we can say, um, how many of you would say, really ask this question? Or how many of you have asked this question? I wish I had not done that. Or maybe, maybe even ask the question, why did I do that? Why did I do that? I knew that was bad, but I did it anyway. We got trapped up into something. We got ourselves into something that was hard to get out of. Well, today I'm telling you, if you can hear what we're saying today by the Spirit of God, you're going to be empowered and equipped. Once sin is removed out of the life, once iniquity is moved out of the life, I'm not going to tell you that you go through this life, you won't sin, period. What I am telling you is that these will lose strength and their impact in the earth will be a whole lot less. Are you hearing me? Now we're moving toward perfection and I do believe that as we move toward perfection in Christ, we have a lot less of these things hit the ground. There are some sins that we commit, we know it's sin. Some others we do and we don't even know it. You know you can offend somebody and not even know that you offend them? Not even know it? You do something you don't know it's bad until later? There are some desires in our heart, the Bible says that there are hidden desires of the heart. Who can know it except for the Holy Spirit as he leads us and cleans us out of the iniquity? Now, 1 John, 1 John 1, 9, just one verse. 
1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our what? Sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our what? Sins and to cleanse us from all what? Unrighteousness. Now we said last time that unrighteousness is the same as iniquity, also translated iniquity, right? It says confess sin. I want to show, I want to show you this. Confess sin. Okay? Confess sin. You confess sin, God will cleanse you from all unrighteousness, right? Confess sin, and then God will cleanse. All right? You do the confessing, God will do the cleansing. What most oftentimes happens is that we confess, but we don't wait for God to cleanse. What is God cleansing us from? He will cleanse you from the iniquity that started the process in the first place. If we only say, God, forgive me for this, I'm not sure what this, what this is, whether this is uh, you drank it, you snorted it, you shot it, you cursed, whatever, you, whatever this is to you. Most oftentimes, this is something that you do a lot or that you have done for years. The Bible calls it, it's a besetting sin. Okay, or it's a presumptuous sin, a sin that so easily besets us, so easily entangles us at times. Everyone has something that easily entangles you. Whether it's somebody pushes your button and you, you fly off the handle, blah, 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 why did I do that? Everyone has a trigger, something that'll set you off. Look around the room, everybody got one. Okay, now just because you haven't done it in a while does not mean that you're completely, completely delivered from it. The doing does not mean that, that you're delivered. It's when this is no longer growing that means you're delivered. It's when the desire is no longer there, when the desire is no longer present, that's deliverance. That means you've grown, grown beyond the point of that. And that's what we want to do. Here again. Oftentimes we go for God and we get down to the altar or you go home when the when the deed is done. Now, let me get right into your neighborhood now. OK, I'm coming down your street like Mr. Rogers. I'm coming down your street. OK, right in your neighborhood. All right. Now, I want you to think about it when you do this besetting sin. OK, this thing that is recurring in your life. No, I don't care what it is. It's, it's up between you and God. OK. Most oftentimes we confess it to God, Lord, I did it. Forgive me for it. Lord, forgive me from, from it. Lord, forgive me. I did the thing. We confess this as the sin, but this is a result really of the iniquity. Where does the iniquity start? Iniquity starts down here, right down here in the in the, what we call in the ground system. O U N D system. Ground system. Where does the tree get the water to feed the apples, to feed the fruit? From the ground. The tree feeds, it goes up here to produce the fruit, and it goes out into the branches, right? You send. 
Not because it just happened. No, nothing. We can't say, well, it just happened. No. You sin. This got its nutrients from the branch that got its nutrients from the soil. You sinned because of the desire. Where did the desire come from to get it? Well, something we maybe watched on the, on the television. That's supposed to be a TV. Right? Something we read in, in some sort of a book. That's supposed to be a book. Right? Or something that you heard heard somebody say or something someone did to you it caused a reaction it got into the soil and you thought about it and you meditate on it and you thought about it and you thought about it and you thought about it and it caused a reaction are you hearing me is this making sense to you all right so again just confessing the sin Confessing that it failed is not enough. We need to confess what caused it to happen. Which, uh, let's say the sin is you slap somebody. You didn't show them love. You slapped them good. Your, your handprint is still on their face. Okay? We can say, God, forgive me for slapping the fire out of her, out of him. You slapped Oh, God, forgive me. I did it. No matter what it is to you. OK, I'm just using the slapping as example. I did it. But what led up to it? What led up to it in many cases, again, what we've been meditating on. But that's only half the story. The other half of the story. We did this because there may have been an absence of the word of God in your heart and in your life. The word of God is a restrainer. Uh, you, maybe we did it because we didn't pray. We haven't been instant in season in prayer. We haven't been building ourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. We haven't been around the saints of God. We haven't been surrounding ourselves with these positive influences. So when we don't feed ourselves that spiritual thing, well, then the body will take over and do what comes natural. You understand? One good example, one very good illustration of this I love this is when uh, the children of Israel were out in the wilderness and Moses was in the mountain. Now, Moses uh, typified or, or was an example of Christ in the Old Testament. He brought the people out of bondage, out of sin. OK, brought them out. And Moses went into the mountain to speak with God to get the Ten Commandments. Right. You've seen the movie. You've read the Bible. Right. OK. What happened here again, Moses typified the Christ. So Moses was an example or illustration of Christ. Now, Christ, of course, is the word. So when the word was removed from the camp, flesh took over. When the word is absent from your life, flesh will take over. Why does flesh take over? Flesh takes over because there is something in us um, that's a it's called a, really a natural response. It's a. A survival mechanism that kicks in where you're going to make sure that you get your needs supplied no matter what. OK, it's a survival sort of instinct that's innate in the flesh. You're going to eat. You know, if you haven't, haven't had something to eat, eat for a while, let's say you hadn't had anything to eat in days 
in days. And if you see a half-eaten sandwich on the ground with some dirt on it and you haven't eaten in days, maybe a week or so, that sandwich will begin to look good. I can't get nobody to talk to me. I don't know why. If you know you got a good meal waiting somewhere, you're not, you say, oh, throw that away. Or if you're just eating, throw that away. But if you are starving, you are starving. Your stomach is past grumbling. And you see that on the floor, you will consider that. Something that you would not consider before, you would then begin to consider it and eat it. When you are starving. Now, in your right mind, you would say, I don't don't want that. But that survival instinct has kicked in now. And you know I've got to meet this need in me. There's a hole and I've got to meet this need. So here I go over and eating that nasty sandwich. with Look at look at the cheese is all molded. It smells. There's brown dirt on it. And look at you. You're picking up and put it in your mouth. Well, not you. But you understand what we're saying, right? Okay. If we don't fill ourselves up, fill our spirit man up with the word of God, with that good spiritual food, that good spiritual diet. If we don't stay in his presence, the body is going to want to go and fulfill the need. Okay. Now, this sin came as a result, came as a result of a legitimate need. Hear me. All sin, the devil uses sin uh, to answer a legitimate need of the body. Remember, someone that is drunk or they say a drunkard does not drink because he is thirsty. He drinks because he is empty. He's trying to fill a void. He's trying to fill a hole. Okay, all sin is based in in a legitimate need. Legitimate need. A man goes out with a woman, women go out with a man. That is a legitimate, legitimate uh, need, a desire uh, for uh, gratification, fleshly gratification. But God said, do that in the confines of marriage. It's a legitimate need. Someone says, well, I need to get drugs so I can get some peace. Wanting peace is a legitimate need, right? All these things are legitimate needs. Even the person that held their hand back and wanted to slap the other person, that's that's a need for retribution. It's it's a need. They want to protect themselves. That's legitimate. You ought to want to protect yourself. You ought to want to defend yourselves, right? But when we do these things outside of God's will, it then becomes sin. It becomes a counterfeit. So the enemy will always latch onto something that is legitimate. There's nothing wrong with that desire, but we're getting it fulfilled in the wrong way. And it causes that. Are y'all still with me today? Let's go look at the first mention of the word iniquity in the Bible. I want you to see something. I want you to see something. Uh, Let's go to Genesis 15. Let's go straight back to that. Let's go straight back. Genesis 15. Remember Genesis, first book in the Bible. First book in the Bible, you need to see this. So we're going to deal with this iniquity. Why are we dealing with iniquity? So that we may become vessels of honor. The Lord said, depart from iniquity. 
And then he goes on to say in a great house, there, there are golden vessels, there are silver vessels, there are a lot of good vessels here. We want to be vessels of honor, not trash cans, right? Not vessels of dishonor, but vessels to honor, meet or ready for the Lord to use us for any good work, right? We understand that sin is, was the cause of the fall of man. That, that was the result of the fall of man coming out of God's presence, right? But it didn't just start with a piece of fruit. Y'all understand that? All right. Uh, Genesis 15, verse number 13. Genesis 15, verse 13 says, And he said unto Abraham, this is the Lord talking to Abram, Abram, him who would eventually become Abraham. The Lord prophesied him about the children of Israel, about uh, his seed. The children of Israel, you understand that the children of Israel came out of from Abraham, right? Abraham begat Isaac, Isaac begat Jacob, Jacob had 12 sons, 12 sons had a lot of kids, their kids had a lot of kids, their kids had a lot of kids, and eventually you have the 12 tribes of Israel, all right? And then, of course, they went into Egypt bondage. All right, let's look at this. So God is prophesying to Abraham over 400 years, about 400 years before it happens. Verse 13 says, and he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs and shall serve them and they shall afflict them 400 years. Didn't that happen? Sure it did. They were strangers in the land of Egypt and the Egyptians afflicted them. They went in hard times, hard times. But God said uh, that, well, he said, no, surely it's going to happen. Your, your grandchildren, great grandchildren, your descendants are going to be in a foreign land and they're going to cause them a lot of trouble they're going to flick them they're going to really treat them badly verse 14 and also that nation uh, whom they shall serve will i judge didn't god do that sure he did all the plagues of egypt and all of that god said no i'm gonna i'm gonna avenge them i'm gonna judge that nation and afterwards they will come out with great substance then it happened sure it did when the children of Israel were coming out of the land of Egypt, God told them to borrow. And they borrowed and, and, and from the Egyptian brothers and sisters, people that were there. God gave them great, uh, great favor. They borrowed and they went out rich. They went out rich. God canceled the debt right there when he closed the Red Sea. That was it. So they spoiled the land. Verse 15. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. Now look at verse 16. But in the fourth generation, that's 400 years then, in the fourth generation, they shall come hither again. God said, I'm going to bring them back here. Now, where was Abraham at that time? Abram, he was in the land of Canaan, the promised land. So God prophesies, tells him, your children are going to be in Egypt or in a foreign land. They're going to be treated very badly. I'm going to judge them there. They're going to come out with great substance, and I'm going to bring them here into this land. He does it all. He tells them all what was going to happen. He says, but in the fourth generation, they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. Are y'all reading? It says, the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. In other words, now, the Amorites were occupying that promised land at that time. But God said, I'm not going to deal with them right now because their iniquity is not yet full. It is not yet complete. Which means, again, as we go back to the tree illustration, this fruit has to grow bigger 
and bigger and bigger and bigger before it has enough weight to fall to the ground. And then it's called sin. Here it's called a desire. God said, I'm not going to judge the Amorites yet because their iniquity is not full. They still have time to repent. They still have time to change their minds before I bring judgment in on them. They still have time. They still have time to correct it before it falls to the ground. So God said, I'm not going to bring judgment because he used the children of God to judge the land, right? They came in, Joshua led them in, and every place they went in, they destroyed, right? They, uh, they knocked down the walls of Jericho, and they marched all through the land, bringing God's judgments and repossessing the land, right? All right. So God says their iniquity is not yet full, which means that we can abort. And now we're closing now. I don't want to give you too much today because there's a whole lot to this. We can abort iniquity before it hits the ground. You can abort the desire before it hits the ground. It can be stopped before it hits the ground. Let me show you this in the book of James. And then uh, we're going to close out with this today. James, the first chapter, James, first chapter, James one. Are y'all still with me today? I don't want to lose you. I don't I don't want to lose you. I don't want to lose you. James one. And uh, verse 12 through 17, and we'll stop here today. There there's there's so much more. There's so much more. We could probably go on for another hour and a half to two hours. There's still there's so much more to this. But we're going to stop here today. James one, verse 12. Now, this is out of the New Living Translation. We typically read the King James because it's a word for word translation. New in, the uh, New Living Translation gives you a thought for thought translation. And in this case, I love the way it reads here. It helps bring out the flavor of what we're going to say today. So listen to it. James, the first chapter, verse 12. It says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterwards, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Verse 13. And remember, when you are being tempted, okay, Tempted to be tempted means that a desire is trying to come in. Somebody is trying to deliver you a desire package. When you're being tempted, think of it as the postman or or somebody carrying a the delivery, a UPS man or, or whoever. That means that they are trying to get a package into your heart. You're being tempted with something. They're trying to deliver something to you, trying to get you to sign for it. When you are being tempted, don't uh, do not say God is tempting me. Don't say God is doing this to me because he's not. God is never tempted to do wrong and he never tempts anyone else. Listen to verse 14. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. Temptation comes from within when that package or that opportunity comes our way and we sign for it, we say, "Ooh, yeah, that would be nice. Mm-hmm. And we take it. Oh, that sure would be nice. You know, whatever, whatever. We take that opportunity. We take that desire. We decide to go with them. We decide to use this or what what have you. When we take that desire in, 
that becomes a full-blown temptation and actually fruit begins to grow. Okay? Think about that. Fruit begins to grow. Uh, Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. I love that. Starts with desire and it gives birth to the sinful action. Starts with desire and gives birth to sinful actions. It starts with desire and it gives birth to sinful actions. Are we hearing me? Are you hearing? Listen. All right, 14 again. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So don't be misled, my uh, dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God, our father, who created all who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Here again, if these temptations are allowed to grow, if these desires or if the iniquity is allowed to grow, it will produce the sin. So the question is, how do I stop this from growing or if it's growing or do you all know when when that's growing on y'all? Do you know when it's growing, when you begin to think about doing it, when it stays on you for a little bit, maybe even have a dream about it. And, you know, you feel that itch. We call it an itch. You feel the itch or the urge. It's there. It may be far off in the corner of the mind. You try to put it off, but, you know, it's there. Anybody honest with me in here today? You know it's there. It's the package trying to be delivered. You know it's there. If we latch hold to it, it will grow and grow and grow and will produce something that you will regret. To abort this thing, we need to begin to confess the word of God in that area. And confessing what the word says about that area will dry up this fruit. And it will turn to dust It'll never hit the ground. But this happens and falls because we do not confess the word of God and dry that area up. What happened to the Lord Jesus in what we call the mountain of temptation? What happened? The devil comes to him with temptations. If you be the son of God, do this, that and the other. But Jesus said what? It is written. It is written. It is written. He didn't allow it to grow. He suffocated this. He choked the life out of the iniquity with the word. We're going to talk more about that next time. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We're done in Jesus mighty name. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did you get anything out of that today? All right. Well, we're on a war path against this thing. Everyone needs to be on a war path against this, but it is not the sin we're warring against. It's the iniquity. Does everybody understand? There's no point in you if we have these dominoes set up here again. There's no point you got dominoes. No point in you cursing the last domino. What does that do? Stop the first one from being moved. And the rest will be fine. 
Stop the first one. Stop the first one. Then the rest will be, they won't, they won't fall. Okay? It is not the last one, but it's the first one. It's not the sin, but it's, but it's the desire to do the sin that we need to suffocate and destroy. And then we won't have to worry about that anymore. Are you hearing me? All right. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for the word that you gave us today. Well, those of you that are here tonight and those of you that are listening by way of CD, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, we're going to say this short prayer together. And I pray that if you pray this prayer sincerely, the Lord will hear you and he will answer you. So if everybody here, would you, would you stand with us at this time? And we're going to invite our Savior in our hearts because he loves us and he is not here to condemn us he's not here to embarrass us he loves you he loves you and he does not want distance to be between you so would you repeat with me would you pray with me and just say father I come to you admitting that I have done wrong I have sinned and I have fallen short of your glory. But I've heard that you're a loving God and that you will forgive me. So now I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And I confess Jesus as my master, my Lord, and as my savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Live in me. I accept you, and I thank you for accepting me. Now fill me with your precious spirit. I thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org.